Hey Raj, how's things going? Good, Megan. As, as I was saying to you before the, the podcast began, busy, flat out at the moment, but excited and uh, looking forward to all the, the things coming our way in the, in the coming days. But yeah, good to be back on the, the Goodman podcast. Amazing. Uh, it's great to have you back here. And uh, yeah, today we're going to be diving into a topic that's causing quite a lot of confusion right now. Um, AI, copy infringement, licensing, and attribution. Um, so obviously AI is impacting this. It's continuing to evolve. It's becoming a dominant force in industries. And it's, it's obviously crucial for creators and developers and users alike to understand the intricacies of copyright law in, in the space. Because there's there's a lot of gray area, a lot of confusion. So maybe you can just dive in immediately and, and uh, give us kind of an overview. How is the landscape of copyright infringement changed with the, the advent of AI? And what are the kind of key risks that we're facing at the moment when it comes to AI creation? Yeah, firstly, I'd like to, like to just start by saying that it's a, it's a evolving space. It's a emerging space. AI, I mean, was not part of most mainstream scenarios, whether it's business or home, a few months back, I would say even this time last year. So we're currently in obviously October uh, in 2023, you know, it's November 2022 when it started to really, people started to actually see it and really become a bit more mainstream. And it's still evolving because people are like, hang on, you just use my data or my images or my content to train your AI model and then now you own the copyright for it? Hang on, that's not that's that's not very fair. So that's what's happening at the moment. And if you if you follow some of the rulings, for example, a federal judge in Colombia, I believe, uh, and obviously in the USA of Colombia, have actually said that AI companies cannot own the copyright for the content they produce. So they can potentially still use, and they might. You know, sort of use some of the the data to to kind of create using potentially our data, but then they have to be they can't own the copyright for it, which is actually a big, big, big thing because suddenly now making videos and images out of it, you can't just automatically say you own the copyright for it. It could be using somebody else's painstaking work to kind of create that. So that's really mm -hmm. interesting. That's one. Number two, there have been a plethora of, of court cases against, for example, Stability AI, OpenAI, where, for example, Getty Images sued OpenAI, uh, so not OpenAI, sorry, uh, Stability AI for, 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 their, for their AI tool. Bizarrely enough, Getty Images then starts, starts their own AI tool on the back of that, which is, which is, which is, which is funny as, as it possibly get. But... All I'm going to say is we are in the space of a lot of changes and we are just beginning this journey in AI and it's not very clear. The landscape is not very clear at the moment, but as you go forward, there will be rules. There will be certainly something coming out of the EU because EU loves about you know, copyright issues. I'm sure there's something from the US and I'm, I'm sure there'll be other from other countries as well. So watch the space. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the it's it's 
it's really a complex question because uh, you know we we need regulation, but um, it's a global issue, and obviously regulation seems to be different from country to country. And uh, I was chatting to a lawyer about um, AI copywriting and that kind of thing, and it's really kind of broken down into three areas. Really, it's the uh, who owns the the AI tool, um, who owns the data that is uh, used to train the AI, and then who actually owns the piece of content that was created by the AI. Um, and you know, the the infringement, copyright infringement, kind of permeates all of this um, as well. So uh, ownership, authorship, infringement, I mean, it's it's a gray area at the moment, and we really do need some some regulation. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing, right? If you look at most people, they will say we need regulation, whereas the innovators are saying we don't need regulation at all. So it's that constant dilemma where you see a bit of push and pull on regulatory environments it's always been the case, you know, if you look at the financial industry who benefit from no regulation, they will say, we want, we want no regulation. But then you have open AI saying, we want regulation because, well, because what they want to do is they obviously have, they want to pull the, the, the sort of the, the stairs, the rug behind them and don't let anybody else come in the market. That, that's <laughs> interesting as well. I mean, again, who are, what happens eventually, time shall tell. But you're right, citation, uh, acknowledgement of whose content has gone in to produce new stuff is important. It's ethical to do that, for example. Also, what I'll say is that if we don't do so, then the content which is produced by AI tools, creative AI tools, will never have the copyrightability. So you can never actually properly use it into your own content production because that will be owned by somebody else. They'll be owned by a third party. Mm -hmm. We don't know who they are. Saying that, it's also really hard sometimes to know whose content was put in, especially with text-based stuff. You know, it's really hard to know what's put in unless there are facts and figures in as part of it. But then again, if you look at the the OpenAI platform, if you're using the the web browser plugin, for example, ChatGPT, it started to do citations as part of it. Similar is, is true also. For, for, perplexity and other tools as well. But that's all search engine based stuff. The other stuff, it doesn't do it. Because it's really hard to cite stuff because of the way AI is built. It's really hard to know how did the answer come out to be so and so. So it is hard to cite it because that's not the ability of an AI usually. Yeah, yeah. Now, kind of closely related to copyright is licensing. And um, maybe you could uh, kind of walk us through why licensing is so important when we talk about AI products uh, or projects. Um, are there kind of any common misconceptions that people may have about the licensing aspect of it? Yeah, I guess the question really depends on licensing for the AI tool or is licensing of the content that's been used to, to train the, the AI. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. If it's the licensing of the AI tool, I mean, that's a given. Most likely, one cannot use the AI tool unless they have the license to use it. Even if it's free, there's a free license available as well. If you come to the training, that's, that's the first part of AI, is actually the training of AI. You actually feed in information to prepare that content you want to prepare. So, for example, you want to prepare mm -hmm. images, the classic example in AI I often talk about is 
identifying an apple or an orange. To make the AI know if it's an apple or orange or, or classify it's an apple or orange, you need to feed it a lot of apples and oranges, basically, images of apples and oranges. And then it finally understands what's an apple, what's an orange, and then you do what we call a human feedback loop and you make it understand exactly what's an apple, what's an orange. So if it's an orange apple, it's very rare. But if, if it was an orange <laughs> apple, uh, it will still know that it looks like an apple, so it must be an apple. Mm. And that's what it comes down to. Uh, it's about training. That training data, which we're using, should be licensed. And so, for example, OpenAI has done a lot of work in that. They've done, they're doing deals with, with news agencies, for example, to kind of be able to get that data and own that data or have a license for that data. They can train their, their tools. Google mm-hmm. is actually uh, at the moment working on a plethora of getting their own data points by taking custom images, for example, of hands or feet or face to then identify and create really good output. For example, competitor of of Dolly, for instance, or Mid Journey, they don't build their own stuff. So for that, they custom creating content by getting people to actually take pictures of their hands and fingers and nose and whatnot. So that's another way of doing it, that that way you actually own the data. But it's a costly affair. Licensing is costly as well. But rightly so, if you own the content, you should you know you should own the copyright. I mean, famously recently, Hollywood uh, has been protesting against their content being, you know, people using their faces, their voices. And I think that's mm. only fair that they get get money or paid for for their talent, for example. Yeah. Well, I think um, there was the recent case with Tom Hanks that uh, I, I can't recall the, the the product, but they essentially used deep fakes to create an advert for their product using Tom Hanks' likeness. And he's actually taken them to court, if I'm not mistaken, because they used it without his permission. So I think it also comes down to, you know, permission. And that is kind of the crux in terms of the ethical side of it, you know, where where's the ethical line? You know, um, it, these tools give you the the power to create, um, but what are you using it to create? Um, you know, whose rights are you fr- infringing, and whose copyrights, and whose um, whose licensing are, are are you infringing on? And it's kind of the same. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone the other day using AI to create an image. Uh, you want to obviously mash up maybe Darth Vader from Star Wars and Batman, um, and the AI can obviously do that. But uh, the image that it produces is technically infringing on the rights of Disney and of uh, DC. Um, So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, AI is a tool, and the person driving that AI is... I suppose, uh, responsible for, for the output and, and what they're using it for. I completely agree with you, Megan. I, I believe most companies who want to build a sustainable platform, AI platform, for example, would want to make sure that they source the data or the input for training in an ethical manner, have the right licensing, have the right permissions in place. And just because you can prepare and and have a DC Comics meets you know Marvel Comics for for example uh, character, that doesn't mean that we own the copyright for it. Just because you can you can create it, just because we can because we can paint it or make it, doesn't mean that we own it. 
we can just create it for our own personal use. Mm. That's that's okay. But for commercial use, I don't think that's going to fly anyway. That's 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 very clear to me. Mm. Also, I feel images and videos is a little easier. It gets harder for code, content, text-based stuff because, as I mentioned, it's really hard to copyright that, that sort of stuff. But code can be copyrighted. But again, if people start to like find mm. code and not license it properly, then then that's an issue as well. Saying that, I feel most companies will properly source that that information. Famously, OpenAI recently said that by default, the data which we put in into ChatGPT or OpenAI will not be used for training. But just like check out their settings. If 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 we switch off the data not being sent in, the the functionality of ChatGPT reduces by more than half. So most of the new new tools require access to give your data away for training. Now, I'm, I don't think they mm. use it the data always, but they can use it for, for training purposes. And that means that data that you enter is also going to go away. A bit like Facebook back in the day when you should put out images up there, you know, of, of us you know, going out, staying at home, eating food, all that sort of stuff was put on Facebook and then the images belong to them. Mm, yeah, I was actually going to bring up the social media aspect. I mean, uh, if everybody wants to belong to these platforms, they tick yes on the T's and C's without reading them. Um, and you, you're actually not 100% sure when you are entering data into that platform, what that actually means for you as a, you know, for your own personal data. So um, essentially, it seems like these AI models uh, and tools that are kind of commonly available now and it's a public have supplanted that or, or augmented uh, whichever you want to to say the uh, this issue that kind of arose with the age of social media well yes and no so there are other tools available as well like facebook's llama which are which actually can be hosted on our own servers it costs much more cash and time to set it up and use it and they probably are not as powerful as chat gpt 4 for example but they exist as well. Also, OpenAI has their own models where you can actually part your data from their model, so you keep it separate as well. A lot of enterprise companies use that kind of approach to OpenAI using, I think I believe it's ChatGPT 3.5 only, it doesn't go to 4 yet, but that's available. So yes, there is a way to keep your data in silos and not paying it, but it's still early days you know, in this, in this journey. And Sometimes it comes down to, well, if you want to use the this, this service, you part with your data. It's like, you know, if you, want to use, if you want to use Facebook or Instagram, you do part with your images. But most people are happy to do that, actually. Mm. That's the thing. People are happy to do it until there's some kind of drama. And then, you know, we didn't realize and how dare they, you know, it's, it's a, uh, I suppose it's the same thing as infringement, using uh, an AI tool to, um, inadvertently infringe on somebody else's copyrights. Unfortunately, under the eyes of the law, ignorance is not a defense. Uh, and that's why it's so important to understand these issues and, and keep yourself abreast of the legal aspect of them. Completely agree with you. And as, as I mentioned before, the federal judge already ruled that content produced by AI tools is not copyrighted by default. So that's only the case. So mm -hmm. we can't just use an AI tool and say, well, 
the Bell app producer using ChatGPT, so I own that because even they don't own the mm. the copyright for it. So that's actually a very powerful ruling. It it then comes back to the creators actually can use AI tools for idea generation, but that content we produce will not be fully copyrighted, and that will still require input from real human beings, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, the final question I have is um, how we're striking a balance between encouraging AI innovation and adoption, um, you know, from a developer as well as a user perspective, but also ensuring that we're compliant with copyright laws. Um, at the end of the day, it boils down to ethics, um, but ethics mean different thing around the world. You know, how do you, as whether you're a developer or a user, um, ensure that you're using the tools or creating these tools with a, a good, responsible, ethical foundation? Yeah, good question, Megan. And what I'll say is for majority of users, this is not a concern for them at all. They don't care about, or they, they will not have to train AI to build their own AI version. Uh, but one thing that definitely matters for them is that the content you produce through AI is not copyrighted. So that's a, that's a myth which is definitely busted. But for developers and businesses training using content, images, videos, my only recommendation is to do the do what you would do normally. You know, everything you use should be copyrighted, should be sourced ethically, should be licensed, for example. I mean, you know, if you were using, for example, Shutterstock, for instance, for, for buying images, that is licensed. But we just can't grab images from Google and use them in, in our presentations. I mean, that's just not ethical. So the same thing applies even for AI as well. What we would do to, to actually use in our presentations or in our content production in-house for our, our companies, the same rules apply even to AI as well. If you don't own it, don't use it. And if you, if you, if you don't, if you don't own it, you can still license it. Please license it before you actually use it within your training material. Mm. Simple as. Yeah. Awesome. So today's 60 second takeaway, I think probably that last part was the perfect 60 second takeaway, but uh, do you want to add on um, uh, another quick takeaway that people can action as they walk away? Absolutely. So for me, the most important part about copyright infringement and AI is firstly, be careful if you're training AI to use copyrighted materials or licensed material. The same rules which apply when you use the content for your in-house production for your company apply also to AI, AI as well. Number two, by default, content produced by AI is not copyrighted, but this is an evolving space. AI is just entered our lives at scale just recently. So there will be changes. There will be new companies coming out of it. There will be organizations which will be helping people to streamline their their ownership, for example, of content. So in the coming days, weeks, months, years, we will see new regulations most likely, and we'll also see bad and good examples of how to do it properly. Awesome. Thanks, Raj. This has been very insightful. Um, and yeah, to the listeners, if you found this episode valuable, don't forget to share it. Um, and yeah, thanks, Raj, for taking the time. Um, and I'm looking forward to our future episodes. Bye, Chris Megan. Good to be on. Thank you. Cheers.